Okay, just check it. Just, okay, yeah. And he's, I won't get into all the places he's first preaching assignment. Uh, it's like Ashikoff. It almost sounds like you're trying to say applesauce, but your lips lifting it out, okay? Um, but he's in a place, how'd you like to be this guy? He's never even had one convert. In fact, nobody likes him. Because there was other preachers, I don't have time to get into it, I wish I did, I'll just scratch the surface. Is it okay if we just scratch the surface here a little bit, give you a little bit more backdrop so you understand where this is coming from. There were other preachers that their message was peace and safety, peace and safety, and the people loved that message. But how many know that there is the grace of God, but how many know there's also the judgment of God also? And Jeremiah was the mouthpiece to the nation of Israel, and he kept warning them they hated him. In fact, they hated him so bad that repeatedly they would throw him in a pit. And if you go to the Holy Lands with us in February, I think there's still a couple days left, but you'll see the actual pit where the body of Jeremiah was in. Now, some people believe that Jesus was thrown in that same pit, and there's actually a blood stain on the wall. I don't know. That hasn't been backed up biblically. But I want to say they would throw Jeremiah in a pit, with a, and all he had was a broken cistern. And they would throw like moldy bread just so he could barely survive. And they would literally repeatedly throw rocks on his head because anytime he would stand up to speak, he would speak exactly what God was saying. But how many know that's not always a popular message? Yeah, the popular message today in our vernacular would be God loves you. Everything's going to be okay. As long as you say, I believe in God somewhere, everybody's coming to heaven. Let me tell you, it ain't so. That's not biblical at all. So Jeremiah in this chapter People are ticked off because God's people, watch this, are upset at the prosperity of the ungodly. Have you ever been there? Do you ever wonder why it is we work so hard? And some people, I pay my tithe, I pay my offering, and like, I've got some guy who owns like a chain of strip clubs that lives next to me, and he's been blessed. He's got a great car. He's got a new Mercedes. Me, I'm, trying to, I'm getting in my hoopty hoping it'll make it to church on Sunday. Ever been there? I'm working hard. I'm living clean. I'm doing what's right according to the word. And I'm not getting the promotions at work, but the ungodly are. You ever seen that happen? Of course. So they come to Jeremiah, and it's a growing number, and they're upset. And they're like, Jeremiah, we want you to ask God why he's allowing this stuff in our life. And see, they had a really twisted theology, too, because if you do the research like I did this week, what you'll actually find out is that they thought that God was passing judgment on their nation because there were sinners in the nation. If we're not careful, we do that in modern-day America, too. We think that God's going to pour out His wrath and judgment because there's people who are sinning in our country. But let me tell you, that's not even biblical. My Bible says that judgment starts at the house of God. You sure you still want to be a pastor? <laughs> if they only knew, Lord. Judgment starts here. Okay? So Jeremiah's got this... I mean, can you imagine? It doesn't end well for him. He actually dies. He's murdered out in Egypt somewhere. I won't get into all that now. But the thing is, folks, he comes to God with the concerns of God's people. Why is everybody else prospering? And why can't we get ahead? Why are we having trouble? Somebody's having trouble paying their bills. Uh, why is it, you know, all this? And they're, they're driving them. So he comes to God. And here's the conversation we're going to read now. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 1. If you got it, say, uh-huh. Righteous are you, Lord, when I plead with you, Jeremiah, to God. Yet let me talk to you about your judgments. Let me translate that real quick for you. He's saying, God, you're a good God. You've done some great things, but lately I have some concerns about your most recent decisions. 
Isn't it funny how we think we know more than God? That's what's happening here. Uh, God, you know, normally you make good decisions, but let me talk to you about some most recent ones. Um, And here's the question. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Translate, why are they out there polishing their new car while meanwhile I'm hoping mine will start tomorrow morning? Okay, Uh, you know, why do we have to stress about paying bills and paying... Uh, you know, you know we, we pay tithes and offering. All, so they got this concern going on. He says, listen to this. Why are they unqualified? This is what he's. Why are people getting a raise when you're still stuck where you are? Again, you ever ask that question? Look at verse 2. He says, you have planted them. Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? You have planted them and they have taken root and prospered. Your name is on their lips, but you're... You are far from their hearts. You know anybody like that? Oh yeah, they could quote the Bible. They're real religious. They look good on Sunday morning, but they don't live it when they leave this place. Everybody just keep looking at your Bible. No one will know we're talking about you. (laughs) And so, it's just interesting to me. So Jeremiah is pleading to the Lord, right? And, uh, but then he says, listen to this, he says, Verse 3, but you, O Lord, know me. You have seen me, and you have tested my heart toward. You know, again, I've gone to church. I've paid my tithes. I'm in the men's group. I'm in the women's group. I'm in the youth group. I'm in the seniors group. I'm in the small group. I go to every service. I'm doing everything that's right, doing everything that's right. And some reason, you're not blessing me like you're blessing them. Does it make sense? You get the picture? That's literally what he's saying. And so, and then he makes this suggestion to God, which I wouldn't advise Um, Because how many know God knows what he's doing? He doesn't need our suggestions, okay, how to run the universe. Um, But, uh, you know, he says, pull them out like sheep for the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter because they said he will not see our final end. Let me just say this to you folks. Never be jealous of somebody else's blessing. If God touches your neighbor, thank God he's in the neighborhood. Amen? Learn to celebrate for people instead of getting a, a, a jealous, but why do they have a new car? I don't have a new car. You know, it's like, come on, really? You know, how many know the devil is a liar and he wants to put that in your head so you'll get your eyes, anything to get your eyes off of Jesus and to focus on somebody else's stuff? Can I just tell you, folks, it's all going to melt with a fervent heat anyway. Everything you know as it is to the naked eye will be burned up one day. The Bible says that. Amen? Well, that's about all the time I have. Have a great day. Praise God. Not my words, the words of God. Okay. So you got to read all the all the gospel and just parts. And so, you know, and so anyway, the good news is, you know, and and here he is. Look look at verse 4. How long will the land lie parched and the grass in every field be withered? Because those who live in it are wicked. The animals and birds have perished. Moreover, the people are saying, He will not see what happens to us. You know, let me say this, folks. I've got some good news. When you sell out to Jesus, he breaks every chain. When you sell out to Jesus, he breaks every chain. If you believe that, give God some praise. Come on. Don't patty cake. Let the devil know you mean business this morning. Praise God. And now here's where it shifts. Here's where now God's going to answer Jeremiah. So look out. Everybody say, look out. Mm -hmm. You want the truth? Ask God. You don't want the truth, don't ask him. Just don't open the book, you know. 
And that's how people wind up away from God. So here's God's words. Are you ready? Jeremiah 12, 5. The Lord answers Jeremiah. If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? <laughs> Everybody say footmen. footmen. Yeah. So footmen, it's a wartime. What that is, it's a wartime description that when nations attacked other nations, they sent footmen, guys on foot, infantrymen. They weren't always the brightest and the best, but here's the thing, guys, there were thousands of them coming at you. And God's using that footman description that he's saying, how, Jeremiah, if you're complaining about the footman, how are you supposed to contend with the horses that are coming next? Right. Here's the first point. You ain't seen nothing yet. But baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. Da -da. Sorry. That's what it said. I had to do that to get your attention. You ain't seen nothing yet. You know. That's what, how many know that's what God said to Jeremiah? You think... you. Are you going to come to me and complain about these little footmen things? You know, how many know God hates complaining? Yep. There's actually 47 verses in your Bible that says God does not want you to complain. In fact, he hates it. Yep. And let's, can we just have a moment? How many of you hate complaining too? Yep. Oh, thank you. I'm not alone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, somebody else raised their hand today. Yeah, how many of you love to be in a room? You're sitting there, maybe Thanksgiving time, and somebody comes in and they said, and you ask them a question. Or maybe just work, worship in church, you ask them, how you doing? Oh, God, I've got this problem. Oh, I've got, and my doctor said, and. You know, how many know it's like they're living with their problems? Their problems become their identity. You know anybody like that? Yeah. And so this is what God said. I hate complaining too. And now he's got the prophet. They've got him so worked up that he's even complaining. And they're complaining and griping again about Exhibit A. People are prospering who are wicked. And God's people are, are not exactly doing so well, at least in their own mind. And so again, they become prisoners of what I like to call short-term thinking. So what's a footman for you? Are you ready? A footman. Here's what a footman would be today in our vernacular. Here's a little list of footmen. It's not ex exhaustive, but I'll just give you a few things. How about this one? First, um, you know, a footman is what? A footman, it could be, how about gossip? and slander. They're footman problems. Everybody say footman problems. Yeah, I didn't say football problems. I said footman problems. Okay. <laughs> Nobody understand you. No one understands you. Footman problems. Uh, lied on and mistreated. Anybody ever been lied about and mistreated? Yeah. It's called footman problems. Um, fights and disagreements. Footman problems. In fact, say it out loud with me. Uh, uh, disagreeing with others. Oh, good, you're getting it. Praise God, you're alive. Uh, being rejected by other people. Spouses won't talk to you. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I've got written down there next. Somebody will get offended by that. Uh, children won't behave. Grown children moving back in. <laughs> Nobody promotes my ministry. Yeah, good, good, good. Oh, that's a big one. Can't find a job. You can't get financing for your dream. So what's your, there's a whole bunch more, but you get the picture. What you're probably facing is what's called footman problems. And God says, if you can't handle the footman, how are you going to handle bigger things? Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. I don't know what, who it is, but I want to say to you today that you're getting weary over some things that God is allowing in your life for your betterment to prepare you for the next season of life. If you believe that, why don't you give God a mighty shout of praise? You ought to thank God that you're not having a nervous breakdown. 
You ought to thank God that you're able to hang in there and not walk out the door like so many have. Can you say amen? They're footmen problems. How are you going to handle horses you can't handle footmen? How are you going to handle the next level if you're not handling or managing or stewarding the level that you're at? How are you going to handle it? You know, if you can't, you're complaining about paying your electric bill. When God gives you a business, how are you going to pay the bill for the whole company? Is anybody listening to what I'm saying here this morning? I feel like God sent me here on an assignment like Jeremiah 3,200 years ago to say that there's hope in the name of the Lord. And with every level, there's a new devil. Watch this. You see these steps? If I wasn't faithful here, God's not going to give me this next step. I know some of you think that I just woke up one day and this whole this whole ministry was here and we just decided that we're going to open the door, but it ain't so. I remember when the church was like a smaller ministry. And the Bible says that if you're faithful over to small things, God will entrust you with true riches of the kingdom. Can you say amen? You've got to be faithful where you're at. I'm trying to tell somebody, Matthew 25, 14, Jesus told us a story of the parable of the talents. You've got to be faithful and not complain with what God's put in your hand because as quick as God put it in your hand, he could take it out twice as quick and give it to somebody else who will steward it better than you are. Can you say a big amen? amen? It's about the faithfulness of God. And at every level, there's a new devil. So if you say, well, I could do that. I, I, I could be a pastor. Hey, let me tell you, I know more than he does. He don't know business. He don't know that, 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 that. God just saying, just keep complaining. Because number one, I hate your complaints. And secondly, every time you complain, you're pushing your destiny further away from you instead of drawing towards it. Amen. That's what God showed me this week in the spirit. I don't even know who I'm talking to. Maybe it's someone on the other side of the camera. But I'm telling you, folks, you ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. Baby, you just ain't seen so here we are, one level, and there's all kinds of criticism and complaints, right? You ever been there? Right? How about like if you're in business and your business starts to succeed, people will say things about you. How many know they'll gossip? Oh, he didn't, they're doing something wrong down there, right? How do you get that car, you know, right? Instead of celebrating, say, praise God, that guy's blessed, you know? So what happens is if you handle that right and say, hey, Lord... You were rejected, you were criticized, I'm gonna identify with you, that's good company, amen? What God will do is watch this, now you go to another level. Is anybody paying attention to what I'm saying here today? You really wanna go up there? And then if you're faithful at that level, you don't complain, you don't gossip, you don't slander, you're getting all the negative stuff that Jeremiah was dealing with for all those years, guess what happens? God will take you to another level. Say, you know what son, you were good at that, You, you, you multiplied what you had, you, you didn't bury your talent in the ground, but you actually invested it and you made it grow. And I put my blessing, my kiss on that thing. And now I'm taking it to another level. And before you know it, you're at the level that God wants you. And how many know God's not finished with you yet? Amen. Amen. Here's my second point. Opposition escalates with opportunities. Your opposition will actually escalate with every opportunity. How many have found that to be true? Oh, yeah. Well, here's the deal. If you're heading in the right direction, you have to expect opposition. Because obviously, the devil's not heading in the same direction as you. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? Yeah. So think about it, loved ones. You know, my wife and I have been married over 30 years. Our family has been, we're not perfect. We don't claim to have all the answers. Every day I want to learn more than I did the day before, just like you. Amen? We're still growing. You'll never arrive until you arrive. But understand this one principle. 
Every milestone in our lives, I just want to help you here, because I believe this is helping some folks. Every milestone, just before the greatest breakthrough or milestone, we would have the most severe onslaught of the enemy attack that you, demonic that you've ever experienced. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Well, if you need scripture, many are the, the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver us out of the hand of them all. Weeping may endure in the night, but joy will come in the morning. Amen. He who sowed in tears will reap in gladness. Amen? Amen. So opposition escalates as opportunity comes. Does that make sense? That's in business. That's in marriage. That's with kids. Amen? You know, for us, look, we're married. God's been good to us. We got three boys. I'm not bragging. I'm saying the grace of God. We're, we're able to stay together. Amen? We're together for life. Okay. I'm happier about that than she is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. She's like, what? Are you serious? What are you saying? You know, and we got, you know, she never knows what I'm going to say. And, and then we got, and now, you know, God's blessed. Our boys are married. They're in the ministry. We have grandkids. You know, the other night, we had four out of our five grandkids to babysit. It was awesome. One filled his diaper while the other one was spitting up. I had one in one hand and one in the other. Amen. <laughs> And the other one's like, I got to go potty. And like, okay. My wife's like, go to the potty. And the other one's climbing up the steps. And I saw, so, you know, I did what any good grandparent would do. I called my parents. <laughs> I'm like, hey, mom and dad, you want to come? Is it hot in here? Is it me? You want to come over and see? Um, <laughs> you want to come over and see the kids? Yeah, we'll be right there, you know? So then they were, everybody had one in their hand. It was awesome. But, you know, I'm telling you, it's the most wonderful season of life. You know what that's like, folks? If we would have, you want it? You can have it, really. <laughs> I don't know if it's your size, but anyway. But, you know, folks, are you hearing what I'm saying? For me not to want to go up those levels, just in that aspect, just in that area of my family, would be like saying things were better when it was just my wife and I. Hmm. There are days. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyway, sorry. I'm just having some fun with y'all. Thank you. So opposition escalates with opportunity. Here's, here's, here's my third or fourth point. The greater the trial, the greater the blessing. Have you found this to be true? Anybody, any real people out there? The greater the trial, the greater the blessing. Amen? Oh, let me give you some biblical examples so you don't think I'm teaching anti-faith because I am a man of faith and vision. That's our power gifts here. Um, but let me give you a couple examples of that. Greater trial, greater blessing if you're taking notes. How about Joseph? Remember him? Remember a guy named Joseph? Dreamer, deliverer. Uh, so Joseph, what did he do? He shared his dream with his brothers, right? Now, can you imagine being one of Joseph's brothers? Just go with me a minute. And he came to his brother and said, hey, I've had this dream, guys. They're all out there working in the field. And his, he was like the favored child. He had the coat of many colors, remember? Genesis 30, 32, right in there. So, and he says, I had this dream that you guys, my big brothers, you're all going to bow down to me one day. How many know they didn't exactly high five him? <laughs> yeah, Joseph, we're going to bow down to you. Let's just, it's, it's awesome, you know. Our God is awesome. They didn't do that. They actually took him, took the coat. You know the story. Come on, somebody. Dipped it in a coat, uh, you know, in a blood thing, from, and, they, and they threw him in a pit. They sold him off into slavery. Opportunity. Opposition's escalated with opportunity, right? Greater the, the attack, the greater the blessing. See how this works? Greater the trial, the greater the blessing. We got Joseph, and then he goes to a pit, and then he's sold up into slavery. You know the story. Then he goes to... For doing the right thing, he's thrown into prison. For doing the right thing, hello. Shouldn't it be the opposite? No. Same thing with Jeremiah's people. Same, time, same thing sometimes with me and you. Would you agree? Amen. 
because we don't see the whole picture. We only see parts of it right now. Okay? And so we got a guy like Joseph. And then Joseph is raised up out of the pit to the palace, ultimately to the prime minister of Egypt. Second most powerful seat office in all of Egypt. And he delivers Israel. And you know the story. They bow to him. And he says what the enemy intended for God. Bad. God has brought good out of it. Amen? Amen. What about Daniel? You think Daniel knew anything about opposition? Would you say Daniel probably had a little more faith than maybe somebody here on a Sunday morning or in the, you know, not this church, not this church, maybe, maybe the first Presbyterian or Baptist or something like the first Christian. Is that okay? You know, I don't want to say anything wrong. Somebody might get offended today. Oh gosh, anything I say can will be used against me in a court of law, you know. <laughs> How many would agree Daniel knew a little bit about opposition? Yeah, and he's thrown into the lion's den. I'd say that's, that'd make for a, a tough night's sleep. What about the Hebrew children? Fiery furnace. Remember the fourth man in the fire? How about this one? Here's the ultimate example. What about Jesus? You think he understood anything about rejection, persecution? How about crucifixion? Aren't you glad that he went all the way to Calvary for you and me? Aren't you glad that he didn't call down a legion of angels? The Bible said he could have called them legions of legions. Like, it's like thousands and like rescued him out of the garden when they came at him with torches and lanterns and all that stuff. But because he was willing to go all the way to the cross for you. And on the third day he rose again victorious. Amen. He rolled the stone away. That's my Lord. Sorry, I just had an ADD moment there for a second. Sorry. Anyway. 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 My friend wrote that song a long time ago. Um, so, yeah, so Jesus was willing to go through. So my assignment today is to remind you that there's times you're going to go through some things. But on the other side of it, you'll become a much better person. Amen. You believe that? Amen. Jeremiah. So many people. We see so many biblical examples. So here's the thing. I want to say this. The battle is seed for territory. The battle is seed for territory. The battle is seed. Let me just talk about this. The battle is your seed for territory. The battle that you're in right now is your seed for territory for tomorrow. Amen. Victory. See, giants don't come out until you step on their territory. Example, David. Goliath. You ever battle a giant? You ever see that movie Facing the Giants? Remember that a few years ago? And so, right? So we battle things. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We just spent like, I don't know, a couple of weeks in this I Declare War series, and it blessed me, and I hope it was, trust it was a blessing to you too. But let's talk about horses. God says to Jeremiah, hey, you're complaining about footmen. How are you going to run with horses, buddy boy? You can't even handle the footmen. How the heck are you going to handle the next level? You realize horses are stronger than people? A little bit. Here's some, here's some uh, data I, I read this week. I, it helped me get to gain a little more insight, though. Are they beautiful animals, horses? I mean, I was thinking like New York City. You know, you go to Central Park, you see the police on horses. One time I asked the guy, I said, what do you do with these? How do you control all these people? He said, well, a man can control so many, but watch this. A horse can control thousands of people. That's pretty impressive. We were coming out of, uh, what was it, Manchester, England, last year. Coming out of a, an event, 70,000 people trying to exit at one time. How does, how does the British 
authorities, the police, you know, they got those derbies on, they're very regal. They're on these majestic horses. How do they control that crowd? Because horses are way stronger than people. Do you know a horse on average walks 22 miles a day? Do you know a horse can run for five and sometimes up to 10 miles at full speed? I don't think anybody in this room could do that. Scranton's like five miles, right? Do you think you could run? Anybody could run? If you started now and you ran down Route 6, full, you think you could make it to Cooper's? <laughs> You'd have to be really hungry, wouldn't you? I mean, think about this, right? And that's what God said. He said, hey, Jeremiah, how are you going to handle what's coming next if you can't handle where you're at? All you're doing is complaining. And I'll get this guy on my side. I'll tweet that one. I'll text that guy. And, and God says, you know what? Instead of going up here, buddy, like you're supposed to, because I know the plans I have for you. Thus saith the Lord, Jeremiah 29, 11, plans to prosper you and bring you a hope and a bright future. But you're so fixed on the tyranny of the urgent. You're so fixed in these little battles down here. You're so being overwhelmed by the footman that you're not ready to handle the horses. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying today? Horses are powerful animals. Powerful. And God wants you to run with horses. I said, God wants you to run with horses. How many of you believe that? Why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them you're going to, a next, to another level. Say, I'm going to the next level. I'm going to the next level. I'm going to the next level. Going to another level. New level, new devil. He says that. How, how can you, you know, listen. Here's what God's saying. I want to give you the ability to run with horses. Isn't that awesome? He's going to give you the power that you don't have to do what he's called you to do. The Bible says, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, listen, you shall receive power. Isn't that awesome? After which the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen? Can I just tell you, folks, what I'm doing right now, I'm way over my head. But Jesus called Peter out into the deep. He didn't tell him to stay on the shore. Amen? And so, the greater the trial, the greater blessings. Last point, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. These battles, you don't win in the flesh. You can't fight devils in the flesh. Amen? Daniel, what's he doing? He's praying, goes unto a fast, and he says, the, the prince of Persia, and you know that whole story? The angel was withheld in a 21-day battle in the heavenlies in the unseen realm. For some of you, that's, is that too deep for you? Um, and they came and answered him because of his prayer, because he was willing to, this is how I fight my battles. Mm, this is how I fight my battles. Amen? So, by how? By being filled with the Holy Spirit and power. Amen? Amen. I don't know what people do without the Holy Spirit, folks. How do you, I'm, how do you, Never mind just having church. How do you live out there without the Spirit? I don't know, unless you're, maybe they're medicated to the point that, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, went, you know, a little pillbox? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it gets confusing to me. The Bible said the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies and dwell in you. Amen. The Bible said in Romans 15, 13, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow. Anybody want to overflow? 
with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not just a bunch of talk, but what? It's living by God's power. Amen? Amen? Are you plugged into the power today? Are you plugged into the power? Here's my last verse, Zechariah 4.6, not by might nor power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Sometimes, if we're not careful, I'm closing. As Christians, we live on yesterday's experience. And we think somehow yesterday's experience is going to carry us into the next level of God's anointing. No, you need fresh oil. Amen? You know what I do when I'm getting ready? I mean, during the week, but like even like this morning... Because now, now we have youth that are being trained for ministry, like hands-on, in this church. Folks, 92 young people here, that's a, that's a blessing right there. I mean, trust me, my wife, she, we babysit our grandson, and his brother, our latest grandson, is due any day now. Any day now. Amen? Praise God. <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> What's that? What'd you say, honey? I know you said something, I heard you. (laughs) Next week, next week. How many know that's prophetic? We received that by faith, amen? Next Sunday or Monday? Okay, all right. (laughs) Melissa's like, I want to go now. (laughs) I'm ready, Lord. Amen. But you know, our kids, right? Like I'm watching on my phone last night, there were so many people watching the youth that it literally was like interrupted because it like jammed the the broadband or whatever. Am I saying that right? Luke? Yeah. Take you guys back there. Why? Were they just, just for number's sake? No. These kids got their hands up. You know, I sing when I'm getting ready. Like this morning I was singing back in the office. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. See, I grew up in Pentecost, folks. I, 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 listen, I, I was raised in the fire. I refused to live in the smoke. There's a lot of smoke churches out there. They're talking about yesteryear. We're talking about today, now, Kairos moment, the here and now. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. That's almost as old as uh, Mansion Over the Hilltop, but it still works. It really does. It works because every day I understand. Listen to the point in closing. You've got to be continually filled with the Holy Ghost. God doesn't want you living in the past, sir. Thank God for the memories. There's, there's value. It's a spiritual exercise to look into the rearview mirror of life. That's Psalm 77 and remember the workings of our Heavenly Father and meditating use upon His ways. It's certainly biblical. But you can't live in the past. Amen? Listen, I grew up in a church where every once in a while somebody would say, I got my baptism in 1972. <laughs> Remember that? We call that a card-carrying Pentecostal right there, okay? I mean, I got my baptism. It's like I got my tattoo, you know. Thank God, okay? That's a wonderful thing. But listen, folks, has you allowed God to touch you lately? Amen. Can you imagine if I said, you know, I had a drink of water when I was five. I don't need to drink it anymore. There'd be a word for you. It'd be called dead. I ate a meal way back 15 years ago. It was a great experience. You would be not with us any longer. 
Amen? Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. You can have what you say. See, how, what I'm doing there is I'm not just singing a nice little melody. I'm calling upon God. Even as I'm ministering to you now, it's out of an overflow. I'm into the spirit of God. The old timers, like even like my, my own dad, I remember one time we went on a fishing trip, and he just sat there and shot, riding shotgun. You know what shotgun? You know where that name came from, by the way, shotgun? Anybody know? Stagecoach. Yeah. Uh, Pony Express, right? They delivered the mail. They had to have a guy, Tom, you drive truck all over the country, right? They had to have a guy ride shotgun with a shotgun. Because if somebody tried to come after the loot, what'd they do? Boom. So they wrote this little thing called the Second Amendment. Amen. Thank God. Thank Jesus. I mean, otherwise, we'd have real problems. I mean, they never have mail. I mean, think about it. So my dad's right checking, and then he don't say anything. We're on a trip, nine hours, going to Virginia. And he's like this. And every once in a while, 25 miles in, every 25 miles. Praise God. Right? Hannah said, yeah, that's your dad. I'm learning to do that more. Praise God. <laughs> Brother Hagin. Papa Hagen used to say, I determined in my mind, I wish I could do it. He almost had a banjo voice, you know. I determined in my mind, no matter what they brought to me, I would say, praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. You know what that is? Being continually filled with the Spirit. An attitude of worship and thanksgiving, folks. Not just once a year, thanksgiving with a big old turkey at the table. Nothing wrong with that. You'll eat a big meal and then take a nap. Tryptophan kicks in during about the, the kickoff of the second game, right? But it's more than that. It's being continually filled with the Spirit of the living God. Amen? Being continually filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. And when I saw those kids last night and the gift of prophecies and activation, laying on a hands, some kids getting saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, that blesses this old church boy. Amen? Because I know God is taking us from faith to faith and glory to glory. Listen, don't complain where you're at. Because if you complain where you're at, I just want to reiterate, folks, you put more miles between you and your destination. I close with this story. When we first got married 30-some years ago, we went on vacation, had a great time, went on our honeymoon. And we came back, and we stayed with my brother for a couple days in Baltimore. Remember, honey? And we remember when we rented that little boat down at, we went, like, down at the, she's rolling her eyes, down at uh, the shores of uh, Dundalk, Maryland. That's the, we're all, like, piers for crabbing. Anybody ever go crabbing? Anybody crabby here? Okay, all right. <laughs> I told, I was telling some funny stories this morning about some our black brothers and sisters and Everybody was laughing, and like the white people are like looking, it's just okay to laugh. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, yeah, you're cool, you can laugh, you know. Anyway, so we're, we're out crabbing, and we got this little boat, and what happened was we were out there, Mike out in 
Maryland on the shores of Dundalk, Maryland. I grew up there as a kid. Every summer I'd go out there and spend time crabbing and fishing. It was awesome. So we rented this little boat and had a little, you know, little pull start outboard motor on it, about maybe 20 horse, something small, you know, a little like John boat or something, aluminum boat, fishing boat. And so Becky and I are in it. We're newlyweds. And uh, I know it's hard to believe, but we're newlyweds, okay, back then. And I, what happened was the storm started rolling in. I didn't realize the storm was rolling in. And finally, it got real dark and the wind, you know how many know it's sea, it can just kick up like that. And we're like a couple miles out there in the drink, like from the shore. And she's like, man, we better get out of here. It's starting, and I'm like, I was so caught up in like the crabbing and all that stuff, like, you know, that I, you know, how many understand what I mean? Some of you guys are getting that, right? It's like, we forget, we lose all track, you know, it's instinct, amen? Yes, those of you on hunting, first day of, but you understand what I'm saying. So I'm in there, and so I'm like, you know, okay, okay, you're right. So I go back and start this little outboard mower, starts running, pop, 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 pop. And I go to put it in gear and it shuts off. Meanwhile, the storm and the winds is literally carrying us out further and further away from the shoreline. It's dark, lightning starting to strike the drink. I mean, it's not a, the water's all choppy, this boat we're rocking and rolling. And so I keep starting the motor. Every time I put it in drive, it shuts off. So I'm like, man, oh man, what's going on? So I lift up the outboard the prop you know what it was the rope for the anchor was wound around that prop and every time i put it in gear it would grab it even tighter and tighter i don't even have a knife on me what kind of fisherman am i right <laughs> i should have had a leatherman right and so what happened was we were drifting further and further spoiler alert you've got to stay anchored to jesus christ Otherwise, you get swept out to sea by the season that you're in. And when God wants to move you from here, watch, to here, there's going to be a little bit of uncomfortableness going on. People probably are going to try to slander you. They're probably going to say things about your character. Listen, don't listen to them. And when you keep your eyes on Jesus and you say, praise the Lord. Watch what God does. He say, okay, son, come on up. Then it comes another bunch of stuff. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Say, okay, son, you've been there long enough. Come on up here. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I don't understand it. My flesh wants to kill somebody. You ever been there? Like, you know, not today, okay? Maybe tomorrow. I'll keep just getting No, because then I'll go back down there. It's like, I bless him. Here we go. Isn't that good? Doesn't that help you? That helps me to understand that there's trials. Jesus said it. The rain falls on the just and unjust folks. There's going to be stuff. I'm not prophesying. I'm just saying the reality of it is we're not always going to skate through life unscathed, right? There's going to be situations we don't understand. It didn't work out the way maybe we thought they were going to, but God is still good. And eventually, watch this, he's going to call me to my eternal destiny. And then I'll hear the words, and you'll hear the words that we all want to hear. What are they? Well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Everything has a purpose under God's heaven. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning? Folks, I'd like to thank you for tuning in today for another edition of Revival Fires. Hey, there's so many ways you can get connected with us. Our messages are out there on Facebook. You search Peckville Assembly of God on YouTube. Uh, we have a website, www.peckvilleag.org. We have a new app. Uh, you can search us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Download a podcast. 
There's so many forms of communication you can connect with us on. And hey, I'd appreciate it if you leave us a like or a comment, a share. And if you're ever in the area, why don't you stop by and see us sometime? I'd love so much to meet you in person. Hey, if you want interested in being a partner, we'd love to have you here at the Peckville Assembly of God. Until next time, may God's richest blessing be yours.